This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Full or anxious in the first week after giving birth. This is often called the baby blues and is so common that it's considered normal. But if your symptoms last longer or feel more severe, it could be postnatal depression or anxiety. And it's important to get help. There's a huge amount of support available and you don't need to go through this alone. Start by contacting your GP. You can always get help as well from Pandas, a charity who supports and advises any parent and their networks who need support with parental mental illnesses. Go to pandasfoundation.org.uk. That's pandasfoundation.org.uk. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of No Really I'm Fine. Today I am joined by Kate Lynch. Now some of you may recognise Kate and may recognise her voice because she was one of our original hosts of the No Really I'm Fine podcast which was over a year ago now. We launched back in um, May 2019 during Mental Health Awareness Week and um, Kate was one of the founding members of the podcast and she took a break from the podcast because she was busy doing life. She got married and she's had a beautiful baby boy and I'm so pleased that she joins us today to update us all on this and to also talk about a very serious and important topic of mental health issues during pregnancy, before pregnancy and after pregnancy. Hi Kate, how are you today? Are you really fine? Fine's a funny one for me because the only time I ever say I'm fine is when I'm not. Like if I was in a good mood I'd say I'm good or I'm great or I'm boss but I only ever actually say oh no I'm fine when I'm when I'm just trying to to deflect the, the situation and I don't want to talk about it or I don't feel like I can talk about it. So no, I'm not fine. I'm I'm better than fine. I'm I'm good today. I've had um had a decent sleep. I've had about six hours sleep, which is pretty good. So yeah, I'm good. Thanks. You are now a mummy, aren't you? I am. I still can't quite believe it. I'm just waiting for like a proper adult to come and like take over. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I am. Yeah, and he's amazing. How old is little Billy now? He's nearly four months. He's a week off four months. That's gone dead quick, hasn't it? It's flown. I remember when you it's, sent me the uh, first picture of him, he just, he's, he's so gorgeous. All those cliches about to grow up so fast and all that, it's so true. So when was it you gave birth then? Uh, the 12th of February he was born. What was that like? See, I planned my birth and I, I know a lot of people do, but you don't always, you know, doesn't always go to plan. You, you don't know when the baby's going to come, you don't know how it's going to go. I was really fortunate in that my birth couldn't really have gone any more to plan. I'd just like to take a minute as well to shout out the wonderful, wonderful staff at Liverpool Women's Hospital. Every single member of staff I came into contact with, you know, pre-pregnancy, during my birth and then afterwards was absolutely amazing. I was so reassured. They just went above and beyond. I owe them so much. Can't thank you. It's not big enough. So I just wanted to, to say that. I would really recommend anyone who is trying to conceive or is pregnant to do your research on what you're entitled to and what your rights are as a pregnant woman. There's certain things that you don't have to do. And as I say, I, I didn't experience anything like this at Liverpool Women's. 
but I have heard stories of people, you know, being being maybe coerced into into certain things like people don't want to be induced then they kind of get made to feel bad so they have to just things like that and um, there's a really good book called give birth like a feminist by Millie hill i read that and i would really recommend it because it, it was an eye-opener for me I, I i didn't realize that i had so much say in my birth but i did if i didn't know it then i'm guessing there's others out there who didn't so would really recommend that and so you should have a say in your birth i mean after all you're the one doing the work <laughs> Well, yeah, that's it. I thought I thought it was just you know you have to do it. For example, you can you can now have a cesarean. Um, you can choose to have a cesarean, which I didn't know. I think that those guidelines came in in twenty sixteen. You can request a cesarean, and as long as it's medically possible and everything. I think I went to a couple of meetings with the consultant. They talked it through with me, checked, and I knew exactly what was happening. And I said, yeah, I'd prefer to have a cesarean for mental health reasons. And I was allowed to, which I didn't know that. I, I just, it was just that I asked on the off chance because I, I was seeing a mental health midwife anyway. And um, they said, oh, yeah, the guidelines have changed. That's interesting. And that's just one, yeah, that's just one thing that I didn't know. And I'm guessing a lot of other people don't know. Um, my mum's had caesareans with me and my brother and it was always because she couldn't give birth naturally. So I didn't know that mm-hmm. you had the option to as well. So that's that's really interesting. It's also interesting that um, you had a mental health midwife. I didn't know. Again, I didn't know there was such a thing. Yeah. So the I think it's perinatal midwife, I think is, is the name. So that's like before and after birth. I went to the doctors about my mental health beginning of July and it wasn't until November that I saw the mental health midwife and that was they say they fast track you because you're pregnant so you're more vulnerable but a fast track of four months is is not great really I know obviously the NHS are doing their best but I, I do just think they need more funding from the government in all areas of mental health including prenatal and antenatal mental health. Obviously, I know personally that you've struggled with, with mental health on and off throughout your life but for our listeners, do you want to just talk a bit about that? Because I know you found it particularly hard, didn't you, while whilst you were pregnant? Oh, yeah. Okay. To say I found my pregnancy hard was the biggest understatement ever. Now, I know how lucky I am to have been able to get pregnant. I know there are so many people who, who want that and struggle or can't. And I have got the most beautiful little boy now and I'm so, so grateful but oh my God, I hated being pregnant. I hated it so much. Not only that, but then you're not allowed to hate being pregnant, are you? Because it means you're, you know, a bad mom and you're ungrateful and all this. Plus then there's this pressure that you're meant to be like glowing and this like radiant goddess and uh, all these things on top of each other. Plus, you know, your body is changing in ways you can't imagine. Now, my past is I've struggled with bulimia, body image and stuff like that. That's just kind of glossing over it because it was a really really long struggle and it it did take up you know years of my life and it's taken me a long time to get over that so then to be thrown back into where your body is basically not yours anymore it's changing not down to you but down to something else you've got no control over it I was really sick in the first trimester I was getting migraines I was dizzy I felt like I was gonna faint so then my self-care went out the window because I couldn't go for a run or do yoga because I wasn't well enough you can't get a hot bath anymore because you're pregnant and you're not supposed to. You know, you can't go and get a massage, not a proper one anyway, because you're pregnant. All these things that would be your little treats normally or, or little little ways to try and perk yourself up. You're suddenly not allowed to do any of them or, or most of them. And 
it felt like the carpet had been pulled from under me. To be honest, it was a lot to deal with. And yeah, like I said before, I felt like I couldn't tell anyone that I didn't like it. I couldn't tell most people anyway because it was no one knew because I didn't tell anyone until I was like 13 weeks. But um, but yeah. And then on top of that as well, I hate lying. I really hate lying and I'm a terrible liar. And then you're having to lie to people and it's like, do you want a drink? And you're like, no, I'm on antibiotics. And then people are like, why? And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, it was just, just a lot. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's almost like taboo to say you hate being pregnant, isn't it? And why isn't it taught that these are perhaps all the things that you can't do anymore, you know, mm-hmm. once you're pregnant? You know, why isn't that sort of mentioned while you're pregnant? Is it because people are afraid to be negative about it? It's very weird, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think I was about four months pregnant and I thought, you know what, if I'm feeling like this, there's bound to be plenty of other people who are going through the same or similar. So I put a post on Instagram and I'm normally quite like, I'll be honest and open about mental health, but I was honestly terrified. (laughs) I was like, oh oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm going to be hated and all that. And then literally off the back of it, people started like liking it and commenting and stuff and just like commenting a little heart and stuff and then I was a bit reassured and I was like oh no it's all right and then so I put my phone down and then by the end of the day I was getting messages and messages off people like people I've never spoken to people saying thank you so much for posting this I thought I was the only one you know you've made me feel less bad for feeling this way because I've been berating myself and that for me I just confirmed that I'd done the right thing and I was just so happy that I'd shared that and maybe made other people feel a little bit like they could share it or at least share it with me or just have that little tiny reassurance that you know it is okay to feel like that. Why do you think then that people are scared to speak out about how much they might be struggling while they're pregnant? Well I, I do think there's this pressure isn't there because there's this idea of like you know you're pregnant and you're glowing and it's amazing and you're bringing life into the world and oh aren't you lucky you get to eat whatever you want and I think part of it's that and I think the other part of it is you just don't want to sound ungrateful and I feel like a lot of people tie pregnancy and the unborn baby together so you can't say anything negative about the pregnancy because it's negative about the baby but I think the opposite should be true I think it needs to be separate in terms of health and stuff anyway mental health what are some of the things then that you struggled with the most while you were pregnant? Um, I just felt like all of a sudden a lot was taken from me. Obviously, like there's a list of, of, of literal things you can't do. So like, I was really into hot yoga and you can't, obviously you can't do that anymore because it's basically in a really hot room. So you can't do that when you're pregnant. You can still run when you're pregnant if you were already running, but I wasn't. I think I only ran once because I just wasn't well enough to. I don't um, think I've ever seen that, a pregnant woman running. Yeah, you can't like start, you know, 10K training yeah. <laughs> or marathon training. But if you were already, I think the advice is that you can already do what you were doing before, at least for the first trimester. I'm not sure after that. I, I don't really know. Because after that, I was just on the couch. <laughs> All that had gone. I couldn't sleep properly and I love my sleep and I need my sleep um, to keep me sane. I was getting migraines, I felt sick, um, I was really like hormonal, you know like when you, before your periods and you get, well I get really like snappy, mm. irritable. I was like that for three months and I was like, I was annoying myself and I was like if I'm annoying myself I must be annoying everyone else and obviously my husband knew why but like my stepkids didn't because they didn't know yet. My family didn't. So they must have just thought, oh, she's being a bitch. I don't know why. Then I was getting anxiety like, oh, everyone hates me because I'm being horrible. 
went on holiday and even though I put sun cream on, I got really badly sunburnt because I didn't realise your skin gets a lot more sensitive when you're pregnant. I was constipated. Everyone always says, oh, he has any morning sickness. And I'm like, do you know what? That is that is the tip of the iceberg. Like, I know people are not going to go around going, are you constipated? <laughs> but like, the only like cliche symbol or like side effect of pregnancy is vomiting. And honest to God, I wish someone had told me before I got pregnant if it was just that, that'd be fine. But there's, yeah, there's so many like nasty side effects you can have. Like, I'd never had a migraine before I got pregnant, and I, I had like, I, think I had like six in those three months, and they were like, they knocked me out. I couldn't get out of bed. Have you sort of noticed a improvement in your mental health since Philly was born? Yes, oh, massively. Because I know a lot of people suffer with postnatal depression, don't they? So, so I had postnatal anxiety when he was born. I was convinced there was something wrong with him. Touch wood, he's perfectly healthy and happy, and all his checks and everything up to now, he's been fine. But I was convinced there was something wrong with him. The first night we stayed in the hospital, it was really loud because we were on a ward. We just slept right through, pretty much. So I was convinced he was deaf, and then. He kept like doing this thing where he'd like wobble his arms, and I think it's just um, it's just like reflexes. But I thought there was something wrong with him because of that. Every little thing he'd do, I was like googling it. I'm, I'm, I was I'm in um, I'm in some like pregnant support groups and new mum support groups, so I was commenting every little thing. I was like, is this normal? Is this normal? I was constantly like texting the midwife and the health visitor. I just want to say, worrying as a new parent is normal. I don't want anyone listening to this who 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 does worry a bit to think, oh my god, I've got postnatal anxiety because a bit a bit of worry obviously is normal. You know, you've got a new tiny little human you have to care for. You are going to worry, but I was just. I wasn't sleeping. Well, you don't sleep anyway, but when I could sleep, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. It was horrible. And then, just as it kind of lifted, then we went into lockdown. Mm. So I had that to worry about. But now I think if anyone does feel like their level of worry is excessive or if you haven't panic attacks or abrupt mood swings or anger, everyone gets a lack of sleep, but unable to sleep and um, a lack of appetite, then definitely it's hard in, in the current climate but I think you can even have a telephone chat with your GP now because I, I, I well I've had a couple anyway and you can access stuff online as well but it's just so important because mental health can you know drastically escalate anyway but you've got sleep deprivation you've got the stress and worry of a newborn and you've got all these hormones just going crazy in your body so it's so important to monitor yourself think to yourself you know is this am I just a bit tired or whatever or is this how am I really feeling literally grab on to any life raft you can if, if you don't feel right whether it's your GP well I would always say go to your GP but partner friends anyone anyone who'll listen as I said before there's Facebook support groups there's a great blogger called Rosie who's got um, a blog called PND and me and her Twitter handle is the same as well and every Wednesday at 8 o'clock she does hashtag PND hour which is hashtag postnatal depression hour but it, it covers like all sorts and that's really really good as well there's lots out there the support is available How has it been for you then in terms of lockdown because obviously both of us suffer with um, have suffered or are suffering with mental health 
illnesses so it's it's hard enough isn't it like you say you know coping with that and this Mm -hmm. new scary situation but I've spoken to a lot of new mums as well who have just I know you you had Billy a month before we went into lockdown so I'm Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you had that you know a bit of normal time but um, yeah I know a lot of mums have you know, perhaps just giving birth in lockdown and especially single mums, you know, who look forward to going out to community groups or mum groups. And so that must be hard as well. How have you found all that? And I know you're quite good with online support, but it's sometimes not the same as it getting out and about and, and showing showing your newborn off, if you like. No, I mean, online support's great and I'm, I'm really grateful for that, but it's, it's, you're right, it's not the same. I do feel for especially single mums, like you say, because if if you're a single parent of a newborn, things like classes and groups are it can be a lifeline. And I imagine lots of parents single and, and not do you feel really isolated. Certainly me, my little boy, he, he saw he did get to meet most of his family once or twice before we went into lockdown, which I'm really grateful for. But it's my dad's first grandchild. It's the first time my sister's become an auntie. And they're devastated that they can't see him. He can't see any of his family who love him. And it is, it's is—it's heartbreaking. We went to my mother-in-law's in the garden the other day from a social distance. And he started crying because he doesn't he doesn't know who she is. He, he doesn't know anyone outside of our immediate household. Yeah. And then on top of that, when you've got a little baby, you worry anyway about about things like sudden infant death syndrome or cot death. And then along comes coronavirus and you're like, well, what if the baby gets that? Or what if both me and my husband get that? And we, and we, we're so, you know, poorly that we can't look after him. Then what happens? And I do think we can't have childcare. We can't socialize as pregnant women. We've had all these choices taken away from us. And then with this lockdown, we're having even more. I do think a lot of expectant mums and new mums I've spoke to. It's it's a proper grief. The grieving we are grieving the loss of like normal maternity leave. And I know I know that everyone's going through all kinds of stuff and everyone's or most people are at least upset and you know I'm not, I'm not gonna go into any of that. But I just I feel like just because other people have it worse so I always say to my stepkids, just because other people have it worse doesn't mean you're not allowed to feel sad. And I think there is a, a true sense of loss there because you, you're not getting that time to properly, you know, socialise. It's good It's good for the baby to see to, to meet other babies. I was talking to my dad on the phone the other day, the baby's granddad, and he was like, he said, oh, Billy won't know what babies look like because he's never met one. And it just made me, it, it, it sounded really weird, but I was like, oh my God, yeah. Because he should have he should have been in classes by now and he should have, should have been going to all sorts. Yeah. But there's just none of that. Well, I know there's um there's been a parliament petition set up for maternity leave for the government to sort of put an extra three months on maternity leave, you mm-hmm. know, to help mums out, especially with mums who might be NHS workers or, or key mm-hmm. workers. Or, or, you know, in terms of the finance as well, that must be a struggle. Yeah, I think there was 220,000 signed that one. But it was it was rejected. But I think that, that you know, it's, it's still ongoing because mums aren't giving up aren't giving up that easily yeah the, the impacts of mental health childcare, and adoption over lockdown have been catastrophic uh, i read one expert say they were expecting a tsunami of mental health referrals from new parents it doesn't surprise me at all to be honest no no and 
So I'm really lucky because I'm, I wouldn't need to take that three months because of just because of how it's worked and like feasibility and stuff. My husband is able to, to work things around so that he can look after the baby while the kids are in school. So I wouldn't be taking that. But I do think the option needs to be there because I'm, in the, I'm absolutely in the minority. And a lot of people, the only option they're left with is to take unpaid leave. And how, how do you live? I, I just think, while I completely agree with the lockdown, obviously, I feel like this is, again, one area where women are being overlooked. So what about men then? How, for example, how how's Peter been coping in all this? I was just about to come on to that <laughs> because I realised, as I said, it, I also don't want to make new baby mental health and everything all about women because it's not. Yeah. You know, the, the, the dads are affected too. The dads are just thrown in the deep end just as much as the mums. The dads are getting the sleepless nights too. The dads have got the stress and the worries. I think I think Peter's, Peter's handled it all right because he's already got children so I think I mean you can never really know what to expect but I think you kind of had an idea whereas I think if you if it's your first child I think especially if it's both of your first children because you you haven't really got anyone to be like what do you do or like is this right or because I'm I've had that with him like I, my friends just had a baby in in lockdown bless her and it's both their first and I just really feel for them because they can't can't even get like man around or so that's going to be a massive struggle for them, I think. Yeah, in terms of, of men, I do think men get overlooked. And I, th- I guess because men haven't got all the hormones and everything else. So I, I don't think they may be experiencing it as badly, but that doesn't mean that they aren't entitled to their feelings and their experiences. And I think they should feel as able to ask for help as, as mums. And I would, again, advise anyone who is struggling to, to go and see their GP. What are you looking forward to the most then when hopefully lockdown is lifted fully? Oh my God, this is going to sound really, really like lame. But I want to all go to my dad's house. All my family live 15, 20 miles away. So it's not like massively far, like, but it's it's not around the corner. So I want to go to my dad's house with all the family and we all just get a takeaway. And everyone holds a baby in there and we have a takeaway and that's it. That's not that, lame. That is, that's, that's like... All I want. I never thought I'd be like praying and begging and like wishing for that. But <laughs> here we are. Yeah. But it's nice that like people, you sort of appreciate the simpler things in life more, mm, don't you? Absolutely. I hope it's the one good thing um, that we will all appreciate stuff a lot more when this, this these crazy times are over. Anything else that you wanted to talk about, Kate? Yeah. So I wanted to share some tips for feeling better if you are a new parent in lockdown and I'm aware that I am only one mum and I only have really my experiences and, and, and heard experiences of friends. So if if this list doesn't have anything on it that appeals to you, then that's absolutely fine. If maybe one or two things do, then just take them and leave the rest or, you know, have a, have a think about what different things that would work for you. So what's helped me massively is self-care. Now, if you're the mum or dad of a newborn, you're probably like, self-care, huh? Like, that's what, what, when when do we do that? But the thing is, a little bit of self-care goes a long way. And if you put even just a few minutes a day in to looking after yourself, you're going to be better. You're going to feel better. You're going to be in a better position to look after the baby. This is something actually that my counsellor explained to me because I felt if I wasn't with the baby, I was cleaning or cooking or, or, or doing something. I think I had this idea in my head that, 
if you're the mum of a newborn, you you know, you are tired and you're rushed off your feet and you're this and you're that. And then my husband said to me one day, he was like, why don't you go and get a bath while he's asleep? And I was like, can I? <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, can I? And he was like, go and get a bath. Like, and I was like, can I really? And he was like, yes, you're allowed to get a bath. And then I kind of realised how silly I was being. So yeah, self-care. Now, I know a lot of people with a baby are not going to be able to just waltz off and have like a, a soak for an hour or you know go and do yo- do yoga or whatever but it doesn't have to be that it can just be a few minutes of breathing it can be reading an affirmation reading a positive affirmation a few times a day maybe if you put it on a post-it note stick it on the fridge whatever if you can get a little bit more maybe if you if your partner or spouse can take the baby for a bit or if you've got all the children or if they can mind them and you can can do something for a bit longer then I would definitely recommend meditation because it's, for me anyway, it's done absolute wonders. Nothing fancy. I don't have like a cushion or a room. I don't like candles or anything like that. I just do a little guided meditation off YouTube. So it's completely free. There's loads on there. So you just, just find one that you like. There's obviously apps and stuff as well. But yeah, I just do that. I literally do it for like five minutes just in the bed. Facebook groups, I mentioned this before, being a lifeline for me. There's loads on there for when you're pregnant, after pregnancy, during pregnancy. They're just great because it's just a wealth of, of information. But more than that, it's the sense of community and it's knowing that you're not alone and speaking to other people who are going through the same. And really, that's priceless. It, it's one of the best best forms of help, I think, just knowing that you're not alone and that, you know, other people are going through this and that we will get through it. I would also say housework is not necessary. <laughs> You've got loads you need to do. You need, you know, obviously you need to make sure kids are clothed and fed and all that if you're homeschooling that you need to do that as well don't feel like your house has got to be spotless too because why it's not like anyone's coming around anyway oh just please don't like overburden yourself running around with a hoover and stuff because it just doesn't need i was the exact same that's what i was like and i realized i was just being ridiculous forget the housework the housework can wait i mentioned before about just taking a few minutes to have some breaths single parents especially it can be really, really hard, especially if you've got like a like a baby who's, who's going through a bad patch and constantly crying. I spoke to my health visitor and she did say if it gets too much and it is just constant, that it's absolutely fine to put the baby somewhere safe. Even if they are screaming, crying, it's absolutely fine. Like It's not going to do them any harm. They'll just tire themselves out. Just put them in, you know, securely in a bouncy chair or in the cot or a Moses basket and take a few minutes uh, and that's absolutely fine. Okay, my next tip is lean on whoever you can. If you've got children that are a bit older, maybe see if they'll mind the baby for 20 minutes. Uh, anyone else you live with who, who, who you know, is suitable. Text a mate and see if you can ring them and just moan for half an hour or anything really that you can think of. Just remember that the baby is so important. Obviously, this tiny little baby is, you know, needs so much looking after, but so do you. I think that's where we get a bit lost because everyone asks how the baby is everyone wants including the family wants the baby to thrive and all that and, and so they should but then I feel like the parents get a bit lost and forgotten about lost identity isn't it yeah I think we need to remember that we're really important too and we matter and we deserve to ask for help and we deserve to feel our feelings and be allowed to share our feelings and it's okay I am conscious that I always need to say it, ring your GP, because even if they can't help you, they can they can point you in the direction of someone who can. I know people are weary about going to doctors and stuff like that in, in these times, 
it's there to be used. And when I've been to the doctor's surgery, we've like waited in the car. We've been called. They've called my mobile and we've gone in. There's been nobody else there. We've not come into contact with anyone, not touched anything. So I think it'd be a lot more dangerous to not go than go. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but, you know, if you feel like your mental health is different, I think it's worse to not go to the GP, even in, in these times. Finally, before before we finish then, tell me three words that describe Billy. <sighs> Gorgeous. Smiley. The best thing I've ever done. Can that be a word? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, what are the three things that he's, <laughs> he's changed for you? When I say gorgeous, by the way, I don't just mean like cute because he is cute, but he's just he's just gorgeous in and, in and out. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's boss. Um, I know I said before I was I was really worried after having him, and obviously you know you do worry about your kids, and you will always even when they're not babies. But I'm so much more I'm so much more chilled in in in, in another way because things I used to worry about before just I'm just like I just don't have the time to, or I I just don't see the points. I think I need to have a baby then. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say have a baby to, for <laughs> that joking. reason. I'm joking. It's a nice, you know, aside. But <laughs> um, I think I'm a lot more appreciative of my body as well. I used to be really critical, like self-critical. And for example, I remember saying, um, "I hate my boobs. I'm going to get a boob job. I'm going to wait till I have a baby, and then I'm going to get a boob job." And now I'm like, oh, "Can't even be bothered. Why? Well, why? Why am I going to spend thousands of pounds on?" changing this body when this body is amazing and let me have my my beautiful boy yeah exactly this body's given birth to life yeah i think aside from you know having him and getting to spend all this time with him and him just him being my son and me having that honor uh, there's definitely a lot of other plus points as well would would recommend if you're ready many women feel a bit down tearful or anxious in the first week after giving birth. This is often called the baby blues. If your symptoms last longer or feel more severe, it could be postnatal depression or anxiety. Start by contacting your GP. You can always get help as well from Pandas, a charity who supports and advises any parent and their networks who need support with parental mental illnesses. Go to pandasfoundation.org.uk That's pandasfoundation.org.uk. Thank you.